morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Gonzo. Abs likes to call me Super G. Today, I'm joined by several members of our 3T family. We've got the Italian stallion, the leader of the warrior maniacs, Mr. Johnny Crypto. We have the joyful one in our team lead, Jackie, and then the cash flow king, Andrew. Welcome. Obviously, you guys can see Abs is not here today. I will be doing hosting duties. Sorry for the few minute late start. We were kind of working out some technical issues. So let's get it going. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing, is the bear market dead? Bitcoin rallies above 21K over the weekend and wipes out the FTX losses. Can this continue or are we going back down? Ethereum developers announced they're on schedule for the Shanghai upgrade. MetaMask now allows liquid staking, what this means for Ethereum. Ethereum will soon reach over 500,000 validators. Does this mean it's becoming more decentralized? And Congressman Tom Emmers goes after Gary Gensler on Twitter. And then lastly, Polygon moves ZK EVM technology forward. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Now, I can't see you guys, but I can see you guys now. Let's start off with the top of the page. Johnny, how you doing, bud? How was your weekend? I'm doing good. Gonzo is great. It went a little too fast, but other than that, you know, it's okay. And it looks like we got our audience thinking your hair is in full force, as always. But I do want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And uh, looking forward to hopping into it today. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go next. Andrew Cashflow, how are you doing, bud? How was your weekend? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, great weekend. A little bit um, rain, rain, and more rain, and more rain. The Rhine is uh, almost over flooding. Fortunately, we are near the coast, so all the water can go there. But, uh, you know, and actually, I hope that uh, the, the water goes up, the crypto go up, and uh, we will have an, uh, an happy year uh, this year. So uh, looking forward again to a great show and looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to speak with you uh, all uh, together today. Yeah, I'm glad I had you on the show today, Andrew, because we had talked about this on Friday. Um, and that's why I brought up the story about the 500,000 validators, because we'd had a conversation about governance and Ethereum being more centralized. So I thought it would be a good topic to bring up with you. But um, Jackie... How are you doing? Uh, I know you've been working your butt off. We got X Royalty finally off the ground. We had a little bit of kind of technical things uh, on the rollout, but I think it's kind of rolling smoothly now. How are you doing? Doing great. I had a good weekend. Um, sorry, guys. I had to take my background off. I know Jeremy's going to give me give me some hate Ooh, on that. But you're gonna, you're gonna I know. I My computer is non-functional with that background. I don't know why. I don't know what type of bandwidth it takes but i know i'm not that techie it, it honestly i can't even like switch uh screens to another um to another tab or anything like that unless sounds like somebody's gonna get you a new computer jack no i'm on it that's oh. the real thing <laughs> you better send it back yeah. It's the universe. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're good, yeah. guys. We're good. We're all good. Yeah, no, it's because we're on laptops. So same thing, right? That's the technical issue that I had this morning, right? Like, I've got my laptop, and so we had everything on Brave Browser, and then Mario Hub, and we moved it over to Chrome. But I got a green screen. I was all excited that I have a green screen, and it was going to be clearer. But that's exactly what happened. It was using more uh, – the refresh rate wasn't working, and I was freezing – and it wasn't working, so I turned it off. So my hair would have looked even more spectacular with the green screen. But uh, I apparently my laptop doesn't have the computing power to give you the detail of all those locks. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where we're at. So, okay, let's get this thing started like we always do, Johnny, by looking at our uh, – there it is. Cool. I can see it. 
our uh, Good Morning Crypto account. Make sure uh, that if you want to interact with us or talk to us, um, you know, you come to make sure that you subscribe. I know all of us or a lot of us have um, a Twitter um, page also. So make sure like, you know, you follow all of us. Jackie's the only one that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't like her, her Twitter page, but I know Johnny's very active in it. He's just as big as the, um, the, uh, the good morning crypto Twitter one mine. Uh, do you, do you have a Twitter, Andrew? Do you have your own Twitter? Um, actually I have a Twitter account, Andrew Cashflow. And I think okay. that the amount of tweets I made was five, maybe six up to now. No. So you're not very active. Yeah. So I, I probably say, I think me and Johnny and then abs with the main account are probably like the most active. I, I know Mario's got a lot going on, but he's been active in the past too. So make sure to give us a follow. Um, let's go on to the next one. I'm going to move my screen, Johnny. Uh, we're going to go to the fear and greed index, right? So this was very interesting. This thing hasn't moved at all. Right. And then, so we got the rally. And so if you look yesterday, we actually got into neutral. We're kind of back down in the fear part, but um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add about this, but I thought it was really interesting that we went into neutral over the weekend and now we're kind of back down. We're going to talk about the rally and, and um, what we think or what I think the cause of the rally was, and I'll get everyone's opinion. But otherwise, any comments, Johnny, on here on the fear of greed index? Well, yeah, it's been a long, long time since we saw that needle move, and we actually, it's finally moving. I mean, we are, 45 is kind of, you know, we're right in teetering in that neutral zone. It tells you that the sentiment in the market really has, I never thought we'd get out of those 20s, but it finally has moved. We're kicking up a little bit. You know, again, this is a short-term view in terms of where we are today and not the overall market, but nonetheless, within this bull uh, beer market, we are getting a, what they call a bull rally. And, uh, you know, we're not into the, the sell part of this rally, but we're certainly halfway there, according to this gauge, or we're getting close to that Gonzo. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. And it just goes to show that um, I'm going to go to the next screen, but it just goes to show that um, the best times to accumulate, even though maybe we weren't at the bottom of the pricings because we ended up getting lower lows. But when this thing was down, to like extreme fear, like Johnny always says, he replaces it with extreme buy. Those were the times to accumulate. Now, did we get lower lows? We did. So it's almost like that's a good time that what we always talk about is if, uh, deploying your DCA strategy and then following it through until we get kind of to what the levels are now, right? So here's the crypto bubbles. You can see everything is in the red. I mean, sorry, in the green, except <laughs> for the flare, which flare. I'm not surprised, right? Because of what happened with flare again. Uh, I was a part of the airdrop, so I, I, I kind of accumulated some at the two cent level. That's kind of what I'm waiting for because it's a long term hold for me as far as um, the, the tech side. But I mean, what did you expect when you, people get airdrops, especially in bad economic times, they're going to go ahead and sell so they can roll into like less risky assets, whatever that is. Right. Um, FTT still confuses me. Can you believe that? Like it's up one hundred and eighty two percent. The fact that, and I understand that there was money that was locked in to the FTT token. It didn't go completely to zero, but isn't that wild? Jackie, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, why, why do you think it like goes up and down? Why do you think it gets manipulated like that, that the FTT token is still kind of, it still has a heartbeat. Why do you think? I think um, mainly it's just people playing the volatility. I mean, there's a lot of people who've been in crypto for a long time that still continue to trade these coins. I mean, we saw the same thing, um, with Terra Luna. Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> we saw the same thing with Terra Luna, um, Celsius, all those tokens. I mean, they just drop so hard, but you know, people, what people are smart. And if they've been in the market for a while, I mean, any market, uh, if things drop really hard, you know, you kind of take a chance with a little bit of money here and there. And so, um, I, that's what I imagine, uh, is going on is people just trading the volatility. And, you know, it also has to do with social sentiment. If, if a coin gets a lot of attention on, on, on social media, it goes up, you know, and that, that's what's happening, even yeah, even what you see now. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me, it goes up, it goes down again a couple of times, and then it will become more quiet. Yeah, so, at uh, the end of the day, it's, 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 it's an opportunity to make money, Gonzo. People are going to take it, don't matter the coin at all. I don't even take the coin name, wrap up, throw that son of a bitch out. When you get a chart that's going <laughs> to give you an opportunity to make money, 
people are people are gonna make money, right? That's just how how this this is. That's what we're dealing with. In fact, you know, just to take a look at this, take take a look at that that FTT chart real quick. I think it's really interesting that you guys can see. You that. want me to look it up? No, I got it. You can want me to pull up? Oh, you got it. I mean, look okay. look look at that son of a bitch. Look how flat that thing was, yeah. right? That's a that's a serious serious accumulation right there. Obviously, it had found the bottom, and then let me see if I can zoom in a little bit here. You can you can actually see, you know, it's an opportunity. And you know, what what people just tripled their money. People just made three hundred percent if you bought this thing at a dollar, right? So, uh, yeah. so I think it's just traders, right? Like so, yeah. like Jackie says, it's it's trading volume and it's just traders. Me personally, I wouldn't touch it at mm -hmm. all, right? Uh, but then it again, I'm not a trader. This then, morning, so I'll just let you know that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jackie was using like ten x leverage, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we still get a lot of questions for that. So let's move on to the uh, coin market cap, Johnny. Uh, let's see here. Uh, total market cap is at 980 um, tr uh, billion, sorry. So we kind of hit that 1 trillion mark over the weekend, and then it kind of went back down. Um, I was watching Crypto Lifer, and he had this really interesting trend line. I think we can go down as far as to like the 800 trillions uh without i'm sorry 800 billions without having a real issue as far as going back lower but i think it's um if we lose that level like that 800 um billion dollar level then i think we're going to start to have issues right and we're talking about the total market cap of all the crypto that happens so as long as we stay kind of above that 800 level i think it's 820 840 um i, I think we'll be okay we could still kind of have a pullback in Bitcoin and the other alts um, and, and still be all right. Because if we fall back below that, then we're gonna start having issues. Because then when you look at kind of resistance level, what we use as support, it was, it's now resistance and now we can go down lower, right? Bitcoin dominance is at 41.2%. I wanna say it got up to like 43% over the weekend. Ethereum dominance is 19.3 and Ethereum gas is 22 way, right? Um, I saw it as low as nine. So I know that people were trying to move Ethereum over the weekend or any uh, coins that um, are ERC-20s, and uh, the gas kind of went up, right? And we're going to talk about like layer two solutions and, and what we see for the future. But Bitcoin is at uh, 21,000, Ethereum's at 1553. Um, XRP is at 38. It, it, XRP is just kind of ranging, right? Between 32 and 40 cents is the range. I put it out on, um, on Mighty Networks, which is where the academy is. And we're just at the top of that range. We're getting rejected. And now we're kind of coming back down. I see XRP continuing to range until we get kind of uh, movement through like probably the end of the lawsuit or any news that we might get will move us into the next range. But literally until we get above, I think the high is 53 cents, then there's really nothing to see. We're just kind of ranging. We really need to break that 53 cent high to start making higher highs and higher lows and move us out of where we're at. Um, Cardano's 34 cents. Polygon is 99 cents. It got up to like a dollar seven over the weekend. I mean, you can see there's a lot of green. Solana, Johnny, Solana, right? Like called the $8 bottom. And now we're at $23. It got up to like $24, $25. So a lot of the altcoins have moved, right? And I know that a lot of people thought that Solana was dead. Um, and that's up to you to decide. But um, it did move back into the top 10 and surpassed ADA as far as total market cap. Um, and I think it all has to do with that bonk coin. Uh, there's a lot of liquidity that came in with that meme coin that, that's kind of brought some money back into the Solana ecosystem. Um, uh, we we'll always see how knew, it goes. And we always knew that Solana itself wasn't the problem. We knew that it was facing a ton of selling pressure because of the FTX right. debacle, right? And so in retrospect, we see now that it was probably just a buying opportunity that was... You know, if you if you bought the dip, great. If you didn't, well, you missed an opportunity, I guess. Right. And then and I could see it pulling back down again to those levels that we saw before. Right. If we're going to get a pullback in the market, then we're going we'll back, back to like to an eight. You think we'll retest? I don't eight? know about eight. I, I think the eight is the bottom. Uh, I, I think we're, what we usually we're seeing as support. So that 12 to 14 dollar range, ah, okay. um, you know, I, I, so it's going to go back down. Right. Our levels. I had my levels charted out. I think it's 18. 14, 12, uh, and then uh, eight. But it just depends on what the, what the market does, right? Because mm. uh, like Bitcoin kind of moves the market. Chainlink 
is at uh, $6.57. Stellar uh, got up a couple cents. It's at eight. Uh, I'm looking for your favorite. Quant, 140 ah, bucks. It's up 18%. Today, right? yeah. It's just been really strong, right? Like that $100 level just did not want to break. So I, we're going to talk about this for Bitcoin. But I, I think what's happening with the market is we're moving into uh, in Wyckoff what's called an automatic rally. And so we won't probably see those lows that if we're going to see those lows, it'll kind of be later on in the year, right? So Algorand, 23 cents. Filecoin, one of Johnny's favorites. Decentralized mm. storage is at $4.50. So you can dope. see everything's in the teens, right? Everything is 15% up. Mana, this one surprised me because you, you get a lot of, not, I don't want to say FUD around Mana, but there isn't a lot of activity, supposedly, is what they tell us. I don't really follow Mana, Johnny. I don't know if you do. I, yeah. I like Sandbox better, but it moved. It's up 76% in seven days. Yeah. Um, that, one's so, been, that one's been getting FUDed out a lot. Both that one and Sand were catching a lot of heat that there's been low activity around the Metaverse. Of course, we're 20 years early. The Metaverse hasn't started yet, guys. We're not there yet. And everybody wants to say, oh, it's a so billion dollars. Now, yes, it has over-speculation. Its market cap is way more than what it's worth. But they did catch a lot of flack. And, you know, man, they were in the 30s. I'm looking at the charts right here a few weeks ago. What an opportunity it would have been to, again, if you were DCA and you might have grabbed some sand and mana in those low zones. And uh, I don't know if we're going to see those again. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. So uh, I think that's enough with coin market cap. Let's go. Jackie, what do you see in the market? Did you buy anything this weekend or are you just kind of holding? Uh, do you, what, do, what do you think? No, I didn't buy anything. I was kind of looking at levels uh, to take profits. I'm, I'm taking profits early on this pump guys. I'm not, I'm not going to sit and guess around. Um, it, when it comes to some of the accumulation that I had um, done, you know, over the past couple of months, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of in a no trust uh, bit right now. So taking no profits trust. is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to trust. Exactly. It sounds to me like you have an exit plan. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> hey, I, I'm with the team that knows a lot about that. So I really appreciate you guys. But yeah, no, um, just no. looking for, you know, um, take profit points, guys. That is probably the best thing to do at this point in time. Um, anything that you have made pretty good profits on, take those profits and stack cash uh, for for the tough times that are to come, I think, this year. I'll tell you what. If you, yeah. if you want to learn how to do that, you need to go take this guy's course right here in the academy. This Absolutely. is a great time to go learn when to get in and out of stuff. He's got a great course. Andrew, let's you know, the the the... What I'm always so enthusiastic about is that I teach you, I do not tell you, I teach you where to go in, with what amount, what to buy additionally when it goes down, but also before you go in, you already know where to go out. And you know, and that's unique because nobody is teaching you that. And that's what I teach in the in the academy. So it doesn't I do not tell you go in here and go in there and go out there. No, not at all, because every person is yeah, is is an individual, and everyone has its average price. And based on that, you you yeah, that that's your starting point. So I would say, um, myself, I'm always very enthusiastic about this strategy because in the last bull run, I made such an amount of money there; it was incredible. And it's always difficult to take profits when some something goes up, but but when it goes down, after it goes up, you are the happiest and the smartest guy in the room. Because you took profits, you know, and uh, yeah, that's what it is. So uh, be smart, uh, guys. And then we go to uh, to the to the Merlin application, and we set our exit point. We program it in the Merlin application, and you get just signals. You say, "Hey, it's almost there." You 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 have a look because wake up. You have to. You either have to buy or you have to sell. So uh, or or do nothing. You know, that's the only three things you can do buy sell or do nothing and i tell you exactly how to how to yeah, how to learn how to do that and uh, that you always have your yeah your emotional your emotion is switched off and that's the best for for investing also for trading so have your strategy yeah definitely i mean it just comes down to what kind of investor you are are you long term so you bought some of these assets your dca and kind of what like billy's doing where you can use DCA and he's going to stop at a certain point and then you're just waiting for the bull run or are you trying to kind of maximize your profits 
and, you know, maybe do a little bit of kind of spot trading where you got in at these lower levels, like with Gala, I got my buddy in at like uh, a cent and a half, two cents. He was accumulating. Uh, and then he was up a couple grand. And so he's like, should I pull profits? I'm like, I can't make that decision for you, bro. Like, that's your decision. Like, are you pulling profits because you need the money? Or are you going to roll it back in? And then he was like, oh, no, you know, I'll roll it back in. And then I talked to him later and I'm like, did you pull the profits or no? He's like, no, I should have. And then he just held on. And I was like, you know what, bro? Like, you should just hold on. Like, because you're going to end up like selling at the wrong point because he's not kind of on the pulse and he's always calling me. And so like, you, you need to figure out what kind of, what, what kind of investor you are. And once you figure that out, you can trade your plan, whatever that is. Right. So um, make sure that uh, I can't see any of the comments uh, or how many people we have, but just make sure that you smash that like button. If you're new to the channel, make sure that you subscribe. We appreciate that. Um, shout out to the warriors, uh, to the warrior Academy. Today's the first day of the 120 day challenge, right? Jackie. So yeah. uh, everybody's yeah. starting. Yeah. And so this is the brand new, this is the new 120 day jazz challenge with the new videos that it's not just coach GV. It has some of the teams we included the kind of like this financial Friday thing. So it's definitely going to be pretty awesome. So uh, shout out to the, to the three T warriors that are watching for just the 120 quick, day challenge. Gonzo, that's a big thing yeah. with your Academy guys. Um, if, if you've been like an OG warrior, I guess that's what we call them. Um, that's kind of what brought you in was that mindset portion that you gained through the 120 day challenge. Um, this is not like a challenge that you've ever experienced. Uh, there's a lot of challenges out there where it comes to weight loss or fitness or anything like that. This is like a whole lifestyle change. Um, we focus on, you know, working out, um, living a healthy lifestyle, eating, eating right. Um, but we also focus on the mindset, setting goals, um, doing a nightly recap every night. And then there are also uh, financial, you know, applications scattered through as well to help you with your investment strategies, your exit strategies, everything like that. So this is definitely, you know, kind of what we as a Warrior Academy have morphed in just an all encompassing, um, you know, lifestyle, uh, I guess, self-development. So come check it out, guys. Uh, there are links down below if you are interested in something like that. Yeah, Jack, I just want to build. If you made a New Year's resolution this year that you wanted to get your shit together, forget going to the gym. It ain't going to work because you need the holistic solution. Come try out the 120-day challenge. It will change your life forever. It's more than just a gym workout. That's just part of health. As Jackie said, there's all different elements of it. Come check it out. It's uniquely different. Link is below. Jackie, I thought I heard Coach say, was there some kind of seven-day um, free trial. trial thing? Yeah, there's, no. so there, there's a seven-day free trial. So you definitely can join today. You can start the 120-day challenge. Do the first week and then see how it is, right? See, 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 see if you like it or not. I, I know my stepson is doing the 120 day challenge. He joined the Academy. Uh, and actually, um, Shelly's going to do it. She's going to do it with me. She's not feeling good right now. It was a late night with her. She's really sick, but I guarantee you she'll eventually wake up today and go work out and do what she's got to do. But yeah. Okay. So let's start. I will. Let's start. Always, I like, it's so funny because you do the show and then I'm looking at the little clock meter and I'm like, Oh man, look, the time's flying by. It's the fastest hour. On, uh, on YouTube, right, Johnny? Sour crypto, baby. Fast sour crypto. <laughs> yeah. bro. All right. So let's start off with the first story. Ethereum developers saying Shanghai upgrade remains on track for March. So basically uh, what they did was, is uh, if you don't know, the Shanghai upgrade is going to allow people that stake their Ethereum. People have been staking their Ethereum since they talked about going to the merge, right? Uh, and so people have had, um, some people have had their Ethereum staked for a few years some for a few months, right? And so what they decided to do is they took out other pieces of the Shanghai upgrade, right? It was supposed to involve something called protodank sharding. This is where they do the sharding upgrade. So they took that part out. They took out a part that kind of, um, they haven't upgraded the Ethereum virtual machine in like two years. And so they took that out. So the main focus right now for the Shanghai upgrade is just to deal with the unlocking uh, of the staking and that's going to happen uh, in March. So hopefully, uh, you know, that they follow through on that because I do think that it's going to make a difference, right? I think that you're going to see uh, right now, I want to say the statistics are, let's see, Ethereum Shanghai upgrade is expected to roll out that capability, assuming it all goes according to plan given 
that more than, yeah, $16 million, I'm sorry, 16 million ETH are currently staked, right? But when you look at the total supply of Ethereum that's been minted, it's actually very low compared to like ADA and the other layer ones that have staking protocols, right? And so I think that what's going to happen is once this upgrade comes out, there's going to be an uptake in staking because people are going to feel a lot more comfortable um, staking their Ethereum because now they can get it out. Yeah. So that, that I'm going to go to you first, Johnny. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you think that now that if they follow through and the Shanghai upgrade comes out in March, do you think this is going to be a positive thing for Ethereum? Do you think more people are going to start staking their Ethereum? A hundred percent. I'll tell you right now, there are multiple times I went to stake my ETH and every time I did it, so, oh, you can't get it out until we don't know when until ETH took on. I said, oh, hell no, I'm not doing it. So I know from my own personal experience, I personally have not staked ETH many, many times for that same reason, wherever I went to go stake it. I want to be able to always unstake myself or my stuff at my free will whenever I want and need it. And when it told me it was going to be locked up for unknown and unlimited, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. So I'm guessing that I probably represent a certain portion, maybe 10, 20% of people that probably said the same thing. Like, hell no, I'm not going to stake it. But once I know that I can stake it and unstake it freely, Gonzo, the very first thing I'm doing, the next damn day I'm staking that son bitch. Why would it sit there and not earn interest, right? It makes no sense to to not earn or gain on it. So I will definitely be staking it. Uh, so I do agree with you. Yes, I think it'll be a big difference once they allow that to happen. What I like to yeah. add to that, uh, Johnny, if you're going to stake, do it in a decentralized way and not on a centralized way on an exchange. Because then again, the exchanges also call it staking and that is confusing. Correct. Because it is, yeah, it is centralized staking via the, the centralized entity. So, guys, everybody here listening and, and watching the, the, the show, be very careful with allowing your and trusting your, your crypto at the centralized uh, entity. So, uh, decentralized staking is, is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, good. And what, what, yeah. What, what Andrew is talking about is you have some options, and we're going to go to the next story here in a minute. Uh, that has to do with MetaMask and MetaMask now allowing staking. And they're going to do staking through uh, Lido, which Lido is a decentralized platform, right? But what he's talking about is you can you can lock your uh, Ethereum into Kraken and Coinbase, right? And so you're a slave to the centralized exchange that if something goes wrong or they go under, you're going to lose your Ethereum, right? Uh, and so what, what, what like uh, Rocket and Lido do is it allows you to stake whatever portion of Ethereum you want, right? Because in order to be an Ethereum validator, you need to lock up 32 Ethereum, right? And once you lock up 32 Ethereum, you become a validator and you're validating transactions. Um, so that moves us into our next story, which is MetaMask, right? So you can now stake Ethereum on MetaMask. Now this is something called liquid staking, right? So uh, what it means, uh, see what that means is anyone with a MetaMask wallet can now easily start earning yield on any amount of ETH they'd like right from their wallet, and without having to navigate what can often be complicated user interfaces on staking applications. But should they, right? And so the thing with this is the post that they did, right? The thing that you want to keep in mind about MetaMask is the things that we've heard about them, right? With consensus, is that they are monitoring your wallet addresses. They are, you know, so go into it knowing what you're doing, right? So understand that while staking with MetaMask is easy, it makes it much easier because you're using a MetaMask wallet, but understand that they're also kind of monitoring you, right? Understand that it's something called liquid staking, right? So you're staking your Ethereum and then they're giving you a derivative of it, right? And so it's basically, uh, in Lido, it's called STE, right? And then uh, in Rocket, it's called RE. Right. And so we had issues earlier in the year or last year, remember, where that staked ETH became depegged, right? Because it's not an actual one to one. It's supposed to be one to one, but it can become depegged. So what I'm saying is use some um, some risk management and don't stick all of your Ethereum into one of these staking platforms if that's what you're going to do. Understand what you're doing. Jackie, I'm going to go to you. Do you think that, um, is this something that maybe you're going to use with MetaMask? Um, are, are you going to be thinking about staking some Ethereum, like maybe with Lido or Rocket Pool? I'll be honest, guys, I am not. Um, 
when you when you start to you know kind of deep dive on ethereum uh see that it is definitely the infrastructure of all the dApps that are being built upon it uh and just kind of understand that value i am not willing to risk that i know a lot of people they had a lot of engagement it seems from the article um when they made that uh available to people and yeah that's a that's an attractive percentage to gain on your ethereum um I'm going to play with my Ethereum a little bit more conservatively. I'm not willing to stake that. Um, I am I'm definitely a more conservative when it comes to my ETH. So I, I've just been burned too many times. Um, so I'm going to play that one safe. I will not be doing that. Me personally, that's just me. Very wise. Very wise to do. On the yes, other I, got hand, the, I got the pass from Andrew. I love it. <laughs> you know, on the other hand, I would also... Uh, uh, Try to motivate people, use it with a little bit of eat. Just try it out. Stake it, see what happens, see after a while if you get your rewards. Try to unstake it, get it back in your wallet, and get used to the process because it gives you yeah, confidence of what you're doing. And then if you are an experienced staker, because that's the way how you get experienced, maybe later you decide, oh, this is a good idea, or that is a good idea, and at least you understand the process behind it. So Always step by step, small, small, small steps at a time. You know, that yeah. is, a good, you know, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. Okay. I was going to say that is a good um, strategy. Honestly, Andrew, um, Andrew has done that so much within the cosmos ecosystem and he has gained so many reward airdrops, things like that. So if you are thinking about dabbling in that, I would definitely go that way just a little bit. Yeah. And, and what Jackie's talking about with cosmos I think it's a little bit different because you're sticking with the validator and you have control of your keys, right, Andrew? So it's not like you're turning over um, your your <clears throat> your crypto completely over to them. It stays. Um, so you definitely need to do your research when it comes to staking, right? Are you staking with the validator? Are you staking on your decentralized wallet so that um, they can't go under like what we saw happen with FTX and stuff like that? Um, the rewards right now for Ethereum are, uh, I think, about... 4%, um, that should go higher um, as um, I think the Shanghai upgrade kicks in and more and more people stake. Um, I think it's projected to go somewhere around 8 9%, something like that. But I, I think Andrew brings up a very good point is that the, the more that you're comfortable using these, um, these wallets and these um, platforms, uh, I, I think it just kind of builds your confidence so that you know what you're doing and you become a little bit more experienced and it just kind of goes into your overall crypto education. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that's what it is. And that's why I, oh, I, you know, and especially for that reason in the, in the 3T Academy, I made the quick start up course for crypto. And what do you learn there? Set up an account. Um, uh, buy your first crypto with a market order and with a limit order and then move it to a wallet and send it back. I, I, I recommend everybody buy it, move it to a wallet, send it back and send it back to your bank account and see if it works. And if you see the whole process working, I, I meet so many people that were, were just able to move some money from the bank account into an exchange and then they say, I have no idea anymore, you know? And then I say, okay, start at the 101 for crypto. And that's that's what I, yeah, what, what we teach together. And, you know, and then also if you are in the club, shout out to us and, and we are there to help. Yeah, absolutely. I would also avoid any kind of, where you're getting a derivative of the staking. I don't like those derivatives at all because you have to hope that they're going to hold their true pegging value in the long run. Yeah. And yeah. we saw that. So, I mean, if you're going to stake, look for something where you're getting one-to-one -one value of equal value. Um, like what I like about Kraken, it's not real true staking, but you actually get it and it shows up in your account and it's there. You know, it's done. It's yours. You can take it out tomorrow if you want uh, versus some of these other ones where you get these, um, where you get these, well, what do you call them? Derivative versions. I, I don't trust any of that stuff. So. It's called liquid staking, right? There's one-sided yeah. staking. Uh, with Ethereum, though, it's a little bit different because what happens is in order to do one-sided staking, you need the 32 Ethereum, right? That's like about $45,000. Uh, well, it's a little bit more now at current prices of Ethereum, and a lot of people can't do that. So they go to other platforms. But yeah, what Johnny is, is right. We saw that happen last year where it became de-pegged, 
right? Uh, for a short period of time. And that's always the risk. There's always risk in something, right? And so you always got to look at the risk and reward. Um, let's go on to the next story. Ethereum hits 500,000 validators milestones, right? And so Ethereum has reached another milestone as the number of validators on its network now exceeds 500,000 data from Beacon Scan shows. Validators are essential in guaranteeing the integrity and security of Ethereum network. They operate by consensus to process transactions on the blockchain by verifying that the conditions specified in each transaction smart contract code have been met, right? And this is what I was talking about, where a validator must deposit 32 Ethereum. At the time of the writing, it was 45,000. I believe it's a little bit higher now, right? And so this goes into the question about Ethereum being decentralized because of what, and I'm going to go to you, Andrew, right? Um, because we had this conversation on Friday because there are a lot of entities that um, are controlling the staking, but actually different validator numbers, which is a little bit different. So can you talk about that a little bit, Andrew, as far as what your thoughts are, as far as the governance sides of Ethereum and being more centralized? Yeah. Because yeah. what's happening is we're getting more and more validators, which is this, is causing the validators are the people that are doing the block transactions, right? And they can be all over the world. So in that aspect, it makes it more decentralized. But when we talk about governance, it's a few people that are actually uh, housing, I guess, the nodes, which gives them a lot of power. So so go ahead, Andrew. You know, we saw that this, this amount of 500,000 validators that you think, wow, that that's, that's, that's decentralized, fantastic. However, you, you must think about yourself, what is a validator or what or who, who controls the staked amount and if you dive in a little bit deeper then you see there are actually five major parties that control 64 percent of all the voting power that is lido finance 31 percent there is a party unlabeled i'm not so sure who, who it is there is coinbase 15 percent read blackrock uh, and there is Kraken and there is Binance together, 14%. So there, it's really a really small amount of, of, of validators that can decide. They can, you know, they, they can do the democratic voting for future directions. So is it really uh, so decentralized? And, you know, I wouldn't worry too much because there is so much development in there. And why are we here at the moment? We are here to make money just to make money and can we invest is there a really big growth potential for ethereum with all those those those, uh, those uh, development parties and and new functionality that's developed on on ethereum and on the ethereum chain yes there is so i would say don't worry too much but keep in mind is it really decentralized and 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 decision making in a de democratic way if, if only five parties uh, control the, 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 the majority of all the votes, not so much, but it, it's just to be uh, to be aware of. And it, it's, it's a nice development because if I think for the future, if those five parties make really bad decisions for the public, now the public also has the, uh, the, the possibility to go to another platform where maybe the decision making is better organized. You know, we are really living at this moment in very interesting times. What uh, what what will, what the future will bring? But also, I think Bitcoin will stay, Ethereum will stay, XRP will stay, and you know. So, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it really just comes down to what kind of investor you are, and you know, maybe kind of your values. If you're hardcore decentralized then maybe you want to go to the Cosmos ecosystem, right? Where you can see like a lot of the times you're voting on different proposals, if that's important for you, if it's important for you to kind of be able to be involved in what happens with the blockchain or where it goes, or maybe you're just in it for the alpha and then maybe you lean more towards Ethereum. You don't care about the governance aspect of it. You care about what they're building and then where the price action is going. Um, let's go really quick to the next story, Johnny because I could see we're kind of running out of time and I'll just touch on this real quick before I move on to some XRP news. But it's just basically talking about, can you guys, uh, you guys can see that, right? Yep, okay, cool, sorry. Um, 
So Polygon test zero knowledge rollups mainnet integration inbound. Okay, and so um, I just wanted to touch base on this. This is why we love Matic so much, right? Because basically they're coming out with their test net um, for something called um, ZK EVM, right? Zero knowledge proof of Ethereum virtual machine. I know it's a mouthful, but what's important to know about this is that when they first rolled out with this technology, they thought it was 10 years away, right? And that was a couple of years ago. And then here we are two years later. And so Vitalik has talked about this, that the layer two scaling solutions and the technology is growing at an exponential rate. So whether it's Polygon with their ZK EVM, or you're going to get Arbitrum with their own version of that, or you're going to get Optimism, right? Optimistic has a token that's attached to it. Arbitrum does not, but I think it soon will. Um, and they're going to have Optimistic EVM, and that's all technical stuff. But all you need to know is that what they're doing is they're building out the tech so that they can scale Ethereum faster, right? So that these layer twos are faster and cheaper, right? And they're going to lean on the security from the Ethereum blockchain. And so I think that this is an important narrative going into 2025 and the next bull run. Um, I think that certain layer twos are going to do extremely well because we're already seeing with what happened with the Shanghai upgrade and how they've taken things out and they're going to have to do the sharding thing. The whole point of protodank sharding, what they're going to do with Ethereum is more to unlock the true full potential of layer two solutions, right? And so that's really what you need to walk away from is that it, whether it's Polygon, Optimistic, um, Loopring, Arbitrum, all these layer twos are all going to work in one big ecosystem with Ethereum to scale it, to make it bigger and faster, right? We always talk about transactions per second and that Ethereum can't scale in a significant level, right? That's the issue with the gas fees. So I think it really comes down to, can Ethereum pull off these upgrades and make themselves more scalable so they can go where they need to go, right? Because if they don't, then they're gonna have problems and then you're gonna have these other layer ones, whether it's Solana, whether it's ADA, Algorand, whatever that is, they're gonna start to close the gap on Ethereum if they can't continue to evolve. Um, I don't know if anybody has anything to comment on that. If not, I'll move us on to XRP news. Maybe short, short uh, comment. ZK Rollup Roll stands for zero knowledge, and Rollup stands for that you package a lot of transactions and that you shoot to the Ethereum blockchain as one transaction. That means maybe you package thousand transactions into one transaction, and that you only pay per transaction one thousand of the original cost. And that's why it's it's much cheaper. And ZK means zero knowledge, so no management. It's just automatically and no worries. So just a little bit technical background. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Because I, I always go deep in the technical, but I never know like how deep to go in because people, not everyone's into the whole tech side of it. But no, let's I, move on to some XRP news. Oh, go ahead, Jackie. Really quick, just a comment. I, I super appreciate all the tech stuff, guys. Um, and I know within the Academy, we appreciate that as well. I'll just say um, on our calls that we host within the Academy, um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we go over tokens uh, like the ones that Gonzo just mentioned. And uh, in my opinion, I do think that that is, I feel like uh, we, when we hit bull runs, we definitely see niches move. Um, so this last one, you know, gaming was a huge niche. Metaverse was a huge niche. This next bull run, I definitely believe that second or layer two solutions will be a huge niche as well as, um, you know, AI that's kind of getting tossed around AI. quite a bit. So so look out for those niches, guys, and look for tokens that are kind of in those different categories. And um, yeah, do your research in that way. Thank you, Gonzo. Yeah, you can see, I mean, the whole market has moved, right? But a lot of the layer twos like Loopring, Matic, uh, Optimism, they've all moved. And, and, and what I'm going to be looking for, too, is we're going to have new layer two solutions that are going to roll out not just like on Ethereum, but that's what Hydra is for ADA, right? For the Cardano ecosystem. ADA mm -hmm. is, I'm sorry, Hydra is a layer two solution for, um, for Cardano to scale it, right? So all of these are going to start coming out with some layer twos. And, and, and so what I'm going to bet on, this is me personally, is that like Hydra or other ones like that that are brand new for other layer one blockchains are going to do what, what, what Matic did, right? Matic was at a few cents if you got in early and see what it did in the last bull run. 
And so those are the opportunities that I'm looking for. It's going to be more speculative, so it's not a big part of my portfolio, but I'm definitely on the lookout for those new layer twos, uh, regardless of what layer one it is, to see if, if they can do something like what a Matic did, right? Because Matic is a little bit safer, like Matic could 10, maybe 15x. And I know that we get spoiled in crypto because you see 50x gains, 100x gains, but you have to kind of spread out your portfolio, not to be all in speculative, trying to like moon because we don't know what might happen. So you want to diversify to have more safer bets and then kind of go from there, putting less and less money. Like, like we said, um, Andrew's uh, investiga investigation, investing course in the academy kind of talks about this, right? It's diversifying your risk. So definitely check it out. Um, let's go on gold, the everyone's sitting there writing down all the, <laughs> all the tokens that you're all talking the stuff about. That I'm saying. I already know that <laughs> comment in the chat. If you were somebody who whipped out a pen and just wrote down all those names. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll keep talking about, it. you know how we do it. Like as these things roll out, we continue to talk about it and you're going to see the same things, right? We're not going to leave anybody behind. Trust me. Um, I, I thought this was an interesting story. XRP community has hatred for all things Ethereum, Charles Gasparino says. And what the, it says, for an industry that is expected to be united against common cause, there seems to be more division than anticipated. Media personality and correspondent with Fox Business Network, Charles Gasparino has flagged the unhealthy rivalry of what he tagged as hatred that the members of the XRP community have for all things related to Ethereum, right? The ongoing case has stirred a lot of enmity and Gasparino believes XRP community members see those who are Ethereum supporters as their enemies, a claim Gasparino positions sharply disagree with. And so this is, I wanted to point out the story because of the media, right? And I think that our community is different, but you do see this, you see this toxicity, right? This tribalism where if you're, if you're an XRP maxi, you hate Ethereum because of ETHgate. Um, and then I just feel like you lose the opportunity because we're all, like like Andrew said, we're here to make money. We're here to change our lives, right? And so we're here to look for opportunities. I think our community is different. I think we're a lot more open-minded. But like the media fuels this kind of thing, right? We had a big beef with the XRP community and Charles Hoskinson, uh, you know, a few months ago with ADA. And you had people that were selling their ADA. And so those people are now missing out on the opportunity. Um, Jackie, what do you think about this whole tribalism and this whole war about XRP community versus the Ethereum community. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's a constant separation. I mean, we see that in politics today. It's left versus right all the time. Um, and so I definitely think articles like this are are used in that same light to to cause division and um, confusion as well for, for new people getting into the, um, into the market. But yeah, I think it's I, I mean, I honestly don't feel this way. I don't feel this way. I hold a ton of ETH and I'm a huge supporter of XRP. I know our entire team is the same way. So it is, it's kind of just that, um, not necessarily FUD, but yeah, just causing division amongst everything. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where your investment thesis is important and you doing your own research. Because once you do the research and you have a certain conviction, whether it's for Cardano, XRP or Ethereum, and you understand what they're trying to build, and you understand that we're going into a utility bull run at some point in the future, you, you understand that you want to hold, like what Johnny always says, right? You want to have different horses in the race, right? And you don't want to keep yourself so narrow-minded to where you're in one asset and you go all in, and then maybe something doesn't work out, right? What happens for those Ethereum maxis if the SEC does decide to sue them? right? And all of a sudden a lawsuit comes, then you're going to see price action crash, just like we saw in the XRP community when the SEC lawsuit came out. So you just never know, right, what's going to happen. Johnny, did you have any thoughts on this? Uh, sorry, you know, yeah, sorry, I was chatting with the group here. Um, <clears throat> you know, the reality is everybody gets behind some of their horses, okay? That's what happens. You get behind these horses, you get emotionally attached, which you shouldn't. And, and, but there are communities that get excited like that. And that's what you get. And these communities wholeheartedly believe in what they're invested in. And they believe it's going to make them multimillionaires. So naturally they want to see their things succeed. And that's what creates the tribalism. And so the reality is when you learn to be 
emotionless around these technologies. And you learn that you have to have multiple horses in the race. And you have to learn that none of them, they're all going to coexist to some degree. Some of them and the other ones are going to get wiped out. When you change your mindset and understand that, I've got a ton of coins, but I don't have no tribalism for anyone. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I just want, I just need a few to win. I don't give a crap which horse wins. I don't care. And I'm not going to put another horse down because I want my horse to win. If I'm smart, rather than worrying about the tribalism, what you should realize is if you see these tribalisms, it should tell you there's a strong sign of community. And there's a strong sign of community means maybe it has a higher probability of winning. And the reality is, rather than hating that horse, you should grab that horse and put that son bitch in your bag with the other horse. So that's how I look at it. Is for me, I think it's completely different. I don't look at fighting against these horses and tribalism. I try to get as much of those tribalism and throw them in my bag. But that's just me. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. So let's go to our main story because I see that we're running out of time. And let's talk about Bitcoin, right? And what happened over the weekend. Bitcoin price rallies over 21K prompts analysts to explore where BTC price action might go, right? And so you can see that we talked about, uh, you know, is the bear market over? Uh, and we should have known because one of the main indicators that we saw was Jim Cramer on, I think it was January 9th, told everybody to sell their crypto. And that should have been one of our main indicators to know that we were going to go into quite um, a significant rally, right? Um, I think that when you look at what happened over the weekend, we had very good news when it came to CPI data. And then what I think also happened is that all of the people that were willing to sell had already sold, right? RSI levels were at all-time lows in the history of Bitcoin. We, we, we developed what's called a bullish divergence on all of the time frames, And so it was just a matter of time before we moved, right? Everybody had sold. We had very, very low volume. And so there was no liquidity. So what I think happened is there was a tweet that I saw and I wasn't able to pull it up, but there was a buy that came in. I want to say it was six point something billion. Maybe it was three billion. And it just when you have low liquidity and you get a buy like that, it moves the market. Right. So as Bitcoin started to pump and then it started to liquidate the shorts, it's like fuel to a rocket. Right. As those shorts get liquidated, it hits the price action and it just moves it more and more and more. And then when we hit that 19.5 level where we thought we were going to re get rejected because it was previous main like it was previous support that we had turned resistance. You had people that were continuously all weekend continuing to short and then it just kept pumping and they kept getting liquidated and it just kept moving the price up and up and up. I think in total, when I was looking at the statistics, there were like $730 million in shorts and that's in total, not just Bitcoin. That was like Solana. That was like Ethereum. That was Bitcoin. There was tons of shorts that were liquidated. I mean, I think when you look at the statistics, um, I think all the shorts were liquidated, right? And now we've been kind of hovering at this $20,000 level. Um, I think, uh, Johnny, what do you think about the pump this weekend? Do you think that it's sustainable? We're going to go into a couple other points to see uh, it, what we think. But do you think that this thing's going to keep going? Or where do you think we could possibly go? No, listen, we're in a bear market still. And the reality is in a bear market, there's going to be a lot of what they call bull runs within the bear market. We are not anywhere near <laughs> switch gears into a, a bull market phase yet. But will we get these pumps along the way? Absolutely, we're going to get them. And, you know, I hate to do a cheap plug, but this is the perfect time to talk to you about why, if you're DCA and in at these beautifully low prices, you better make sure you've got an exit plan, right? You want to be able to track your coins and do it. And here at the Academy, we created a way for you to do that. So I'm going to share that with you right now. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 
30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. All righty. There you so go, Johnny. There we have it, folks. Johnny, you know, were you that, dancing there? <laughs> you know, that music gets me going. It gets me all excited. Gets, gets me excited. But anyway, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I wanted to show this chart. If you can see, this is the chart from Friday, and this is what I was talking about where it was at 19.5, right? And we continue to go above that. And so really, for me, and I'll go to you, Jackie, to get your thoughts next, but this is the level that we need to hold, right? Um, it's not just uh, uh, something that we can now flip as support, but when you look at the 200 moving average, it's a, it's a very, very strong um, indicator, right? So anytime that we move above it uh, and we stay above it, it's, it's signaled that we go on a run, right? The last time we saw it was what took us into the last bear market. Now, I'm not saying that we're about to go into a, a bear market. What I'm saying is that we have to hold above it significantly, right? So the way that I'm looking at the market is if we correct and we come down and about somewhere between uh, 19.5 and 18.3, if we bounce off that, and we hold that as support and we move up, then I think that we're continuing to move up, right? And we're gonna try to take out some of those highs to make a higher high. Now that could be like 25,000. I've heard some estimates, 28, 29,000, but it's all gonna depend on what we do in the correction. If we lose that 19.5 to 18.3 level, then I think that we're coming down, right? And we might see, is that 15.3 the bottom or is it now somewhere around 17, right? But if we hold that, then I think we're moving up and 15.3 for now, or 15.8 is the bottom. Jackie, what do you think? What do you think about this bear market rally and what we're seeing? Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head, gave some good um, support and resistance zones. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm just pulling up my chart right here. Um, yeah, if we don't you know, kind of break above, then I definitely do see that we will. I mean, 15, like you mentioned, 15 is back down to that, that support that we've been accumulating at, like 15, 1600. So yeah, um, it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if we actually come down to the twelve thousand um, and and you know, kind of eight nine thousand that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, me though, guys, I'm just right now. You know, things are green, so I'm not accumulating. Uh, when things turn red again, that's when you turn the accumulation back on. So make it simple. Don't make it difficult. Um, yeah, buy the buy the blood. Uh, sell the sell the green. Yeah, de definitely. Wait for like, like if we retest that 18.5 level to see if we're going to hold. Me, um, I'm going to wait to see if we hit that. And then I'll be, because that'll bring the altcoins back down, right? Uh, like maybe 20% up to 30%. If we come back down to that, I'll start to DCA again. And then I'll watch it. If we go down, then I'll keep DCAing. If we're starting to move back up, then I'll hold. Everybody, Everybody's plan is different, but we're running out of time. Real quickly, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Do you think that that that's the bottom the bear market rally uh is over or do you think we're still going to keep moving up mm, you know actually it doesn't matter for me um if it goes down i buy more and if it goes up i sell and you know i have two portions of my bitcoin one portion i will never sell yeah you know i'm also a human being with emotions so that is stored very safely and the other portion the other half I'm I'm investing uh, with with it with buying and selling and just the way that like Jackie said and I, I do it a little bit more advanced what I what I teach you in the in the course so that you can make a little bit more money but uh, that's more or less what I do so it's going up I'm happy it's going down I'm happy too and I know the bottom is coming maybe somewhere uh, uh, it begins maybe somewhere uh, the end of this year who knows we will see but uh, you know we are in the right market. Yeah, definitely. You know, you got to take it day by day. You know, you have to have your long-term investment bag and then maybe a bag that is for spot trading where you buy at a lower level and then it pulls up and then you pull profits, right? And then you just kind of, you always have to have your separate areas, but make sure that, you know, you're using proper risk management and, and that you're being careful. We're definitely going to stay on top of it and we're going to be, keep talking about it uh, every day, but thank you for joining us today. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Johnny. 
Um, this Wednesday, we're going to have Mystine Crypto. Abs should be back tomorrow. So appreciate all you guys. Love you guys. Appreciate all the support. And uh, we'll see you, like Ab says, in uh, 23 hours. Bye. Actually, tomorrow we'll have a special surprise guest. Don't forget to tune in to see who it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are going to have a surprise guest tomorrow. Check it out. And always, as we always like to say, Warriors, rise. Let's go. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go.